Welcome to Everyday Martial Artist, a weekly podcast where you'll join me, Brian Doucette, as I interview a different martial artist each episode and hear their story. Some guests you may have heard of and some you probably haven't. Be sure to subscribe where all your favorite podcasts are available. Also visit our website at everydaymartialartist.com. If you're listening for a specific interview, I sure hope you'll stay and check out the other episodes. A very special thank you to Topher Williams for our custom theme music. And now, the newest episode of Everyday Martial Artist. Everyday Martial Artist is brought to you by KOonline.com for all your martial arts needs. Sparring and safety gear, rank belts, uniforms, weapons, patches, and more. Wholesale supplies made by martial artists for martial artists. Visit us today at KO-Online.com. Hello and welcome to Everyday Martial Artist. I'm your host, Brian Doucette. Every week, a brand new episode and a brand new guest. This week, our episode is featuring a guest, but uh, my guest today works at University of Rhode Island as a high-energy extragalactic astrophysicist with a primary focus on supermassive black holes. So I'm kind of a geek and a nerd, so that excites me very much also. Um, he also runs and owns a hobby farm. And beyond that, he's been doing martial arts for 25 years. So please welcome to the show, Doug Gobey. How are you doing, Doug? Very well on yourself, sir. I'm doing good. That's like I said, hopefully, I know you said you have storms coming in and I have neighbors with, with firecrackers. So hopefully <laughs> between the two of those, we'll, we'll get through this without uh, too many uh, distractions. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Sounds good. So as I do with all my guests, let's go back to the beginning. Where did you first get an interest in martial arts? Maybe not necessarily when you first started, but where did that interest first come from and, and where did you first learn about martial arts? Oh, wow. Um, you know, it's funny, I was listening to other folks on, on your podcast, and there's a lot of those movies from the 70s and the 80s where we had uh, martial arts really kind of coming into the fore in a lot of ways. My brother and I would watch a lot of the old uh, films kind of about Hong Kong early on. We loved that stuff, just the really cheap films we could get our hands on. Mm -hmm. And my parents really wouldn't let me do it early on, but I was the youngest of three boys, and we had five sisters come in later who were kind of the Brady Bunch. And so being at the bottom and the smallest, it was kind of a natural progression to say, well, I had to have to be fast or able to defend myself. And I said, <laughs> both would probably be better. And so I started kind of learning on my own where I could. It wasn't really until I got to college that I had the opportunity to fully get into it now that I was out of my parents going, no, you can't do that. And so I went, all in at that point and it's just kind of been a pursuit it, it's it's martial arts it's it's a way of life as i say to people it's not something you kind of come and go from it's with you forever right now you mentioned not doing it until college so obviously you had those years that obviously was still an interest of yours you you were still enthralled and somewhere deep down wanted to do it so when you finally got to college how did you make the decision was it was it a classic college was and did you have multiple schools to choose from kind of what what led you to the one you went to and and finally made you you know jump in and take that leap and, and give it a shot we had a few different martial arts that were available to us there but i really fell in with the tongue sudo crowd partly because of a friend of mine who kind of pulled me along with him but i, I went around and sampled and i guess that was kind of would become a hallmark of my life is sampling nice. um <laughs> and but i i liked the general philosophy of it i i, I liked that the teachers really knew what they were doing it wasn't uh, hokey or just, you know, sporty for the, the sake of something, but there, there was martial arts to it, there was energy to it, there was exercise to it, there was stretching to it, it had everything I could have been looking for. 
at that time. And as I would find out later on, much, much, much more, more, you know, I was obviously kind of looking at the tip of the proverbial iceberg right. at that point. But um, no, Tongue Snow is always kind of awesome. It's always remained my home art. Um, I really like it. Very defensive. Uh, we've maintained a lot of the history there. But at the same time, you know, it's a Korean martial art where a lot of mix of Chinese and Japanese philosophies. And I've gotten to go out there and experience those original philosophies. And that's where I kind of consider myself at this point in a, in a journeyman phase where, you know, when I have time, I'll go and hang out and learn from people where I can. And then I kind of incorporate it into what I'm doing. And at some point, I'll come back and merge that all together in a more meaningful manner, I'm sure. Nice. So those, some of those other ones you tried out, do you remember what some of those styles were that you tried out and decided maybe wasn't quite right for you at the time? Oh, I don't think really that's ever happened where, oh. it, where I would say that, oh, this, this isn't for me. Uh, I might say, you know, this isn't where I might want to spend the rest of my life. Okay. But it, it's kind of like saying, oh, this was pretty good. But yeah, I wouldn't eat it every night. No, I mean, geez, Louise, Hapkido, Aikido, Judo, Jiu-Jitsu, BJJ. I mean, the list goes on. Okay. I was trying to think of all these people. Basically, uh, for lack of a better term, I get around. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nothing wrong with so that. It's, it's, it's uh, <laughs> I, I, I have no problem. I, I don't know. I've seen a lot of martial artists who have a problem slapping on a white belt, and I'm all about, let me show up, let me throw on a white belt, and just teach me. If you think you have more to teach me than a white belt ought to learn, then do it that way otherwise just teach me with a white belt we'll learn and we'll start from there it's cool nice so thinking back to your very first class what do you remember about it oh geez man mm. what do i remember about my very first class uh that my japanese was fantastic but my korean was non-existent <laughs> was probably <laughs> i had had three japanese exchange students growing up and so i i was reasonably proficient at japanese at that time but i spoke no Korean, so of course we're coming in Anyong Hapsiknika. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, Ohio Gosamas. <laughs> nice. So you, you stuck with it though. <laughs> I'm assuming now you you probably understand Korean a little better than you did 25 years ago. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's how you know. Just recently had a faculty meeting uh, again. I there we we had a, a member of the faculty who was from Korea, and I gave a very formal and traditional introduction. And it's like, whoa, where did that come from? Nice. White guy speaks Korean. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, it's cool. Uh, I. We've, I was raised in a family of polyglots, and so language was always something that was fun for us. And so wherever I can learn something like language, I, I'm all about that. Okay. Where, and where was that? Uh, what part of the country when you first, uh, you know, I didn't ask like where you grew up and stuff. So what part of the country when you first got involved in martial arts? Was it the, uh, the East Coast what, or was it? In, this was going to be mostly on the East Coast, mostly in New England. Okay. Um, I, I grew up mostly in Rhode Island and Vermont. And college was at Connecticut College down in Connecticut, not UConn, as we have to say. Um, <laughs> completely different school. <laughs> yep. Everyone goes, oh, UConn. We go, nope, wrong one. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. And, and again, there's was, there was me kind of traveling wherever. And kind of once I left college and I went to graduate school, I kept doing it and, and training and learning in Boston, which is a great place. Goodness knows there's you know, so many different studios I was training at there. And you know, eventually I was down in Florida. Um, I was doing Aikido down there for a while, and now I'm back up here. It, it's really just been me. At some point, I need to. It's kind of been on the agenda to start <laughs> a martial arts club at, the, at at URI. But I've been building up the um, the observatory and the astronomy programs 
quite a bit and uh, kind of building up the astrophysics portion of the department. But now that we had this year off, I had a lot more time to focus on myself. And in that kind of said, he was kept no small part through my martial arts, thank goodness. Um, but I was like, yeah, it would be good to have students again. I, it kind of ebbs and flows. I, I don't know if you've ever gone through this. Mm-hmm. I, as a teacher, I love teaching, but sometimes it's kind of the end of the year, you can look at your students and go, go away. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the fall, you're like, no, no, come back, come back. I want to see you guys again. I want to see you guys. So I was like, yeah, I really want to work with someone. I really want to uh, help them out and polish some edges or something like that. And there's other times like, I, I don't want to spend another moment on you. Right. So you mentioned starting a club. Now, at what level did you, you know, what belt level or how far into it before you actually you know, got experience teaching martial arts? And, and what made you kind of, you know, did you do that for a while? Or is it something you're just now coming back to that you, you kind of have the idea to start a club? Well, I, I mean, again, it kind of goes back to my roots in, in, in starting with a club at a college. And most of the schools I have worked at, I've run some kind of a club for martial arts okay. or just gotten in with um whomever is there to form a little powwow and get to know the community for a number of reasons like i said it kind of just hasn't happened here there are some good reasons and some not so good reasons and yeah like i said i'm kind of wanting to get back to it for me one of the things i did like about tung sudo i i find it to be true of most martial arts in general is if you're on day two you're teaching the people who are on day one and I like that. I, I'm always saying to my graduate students and, and my undergraduates, you know, if you can't teach it to someone else, then you don't know it. Right. How am I ready for the exam? How am I ready for this, you know, the red belt test, the black belt test? If you can't teach every bit of material to someone else who doesn't understand that material fully, then you're not ready. It's just that simple. That makes sense. I know my, my first, not my first, but my, so I start, actually started in Tung Sudo too when I was 10. Um, and then went into Shotokan and then my, my, what I consider my core style, traditional Taekwondo, which of course is Korean and the sister art to Tung Sudo. But my first Taekwondo instructor in college didn't encourage us to learn both sides of it. So it wasn't really until two years into it when I switched instructors that I started getting encouraged to teach and stuff. And I was like, oh, it's completely different. I mean, like I look up, I look at my notes from the first two years writing down technique and then I look at them beyond that writing down how differently I wrote it down in my notebook because I had to write down both sides of it. <laughs> and it, it definitely makes a difference. You you definitely learn better when you're teaching it. Oh, absolutely. And there was always a joke. I mean, you, you would know this then for tongue Sudo that, you know, once you get to your fourth dawn, all the belts are the same. And we have students always asking us, oh, we can see the, 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 the Chodons, the Edons, the Sandons, the first, the second, the third mm-hmm. uh, dons. We can see the stripes, but then we, we can't tell beyond that. I always said to them, just look at their form. Just the ones who are working their basics, those are going to be the highest masters. Yep. And they're, they're always working those basics because they're they're going back to polish. Um, again, teaching, 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 practice, practice, pack, practice. I'm always quoting, uh, what is it, Inglorious Bastards. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? <laughs> practice. <laughs> yep. So now over the years, how do you think your teaching style has changed? You know, compared to when you maybe first started doing it as a color belt, assisting and helping compared to, to now, as I believe you said, you were a third down black belt. How do you think your teaching style has changed? Significantly. <laughs> in, in a word, I, I can easily say, and I always, you know, it's, it's funny. We were in a faculty meeting the other day and trying to talk about how we better communicate with students. And I've, I've always been very self-deprecating. And I'm quick to point out, you know, all of the mistakes that I have made along the way and being human, I have made many, but you know, I, I was an angry kid for a lot of reasons. I had, I had a lot of anger and so I kind of went into it as so many 
guys do that I've seen. Certainly not all of them, but a lot of guys come in. I want to punch. I want to kick. I want to do that awesome jumping. Oh, it's tongue still. I want to do a jumping, spinning kick into someone's head. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> and it, it okay. That lasts for a little while. But as time went on, you know, I, I became so much more form based. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Hyung's in, in this case. And I, I, that's where I found so much more happiness. And so, again, that's just one easy thing I can pick out where I was, I, I used to be the guy that would definitely be working with you and training with you all day long in the ring, you know, making sure we polish you up there. And now, I mean, I still get in from, with friends from time to time, but I just don't derive as much happiness from sparring as I used to. Okay. Sometimes I can. Sometimes I can just be like, ah, I'm feisty. Let's let's have at it. Uh, I definitely get together with my friends from time to time. They'll be like, you should spar. I'm like, all right, let's spar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's still there. But on right. the other hand, I really like digging into the nuances. It's very much the approach of the scholar warrior. I'm not I would joke, I'm not that old yet, but you know, you can go through the, the, the great Japanese progression of martial artists, as I frequently joke, you know, uh, brilliant martial artist, usually someone with a sword, if we remember them, uh, usually does great things and terrible things, goes through a massive drinking phase, <laughs> regrets everything, settles down, finds Zen, <laughs> becomes a teacher. And I, I don't put myself nearly on that level, but it's like, yeah, I kind of. I got rid of that part of me for the most part. And now it's like I, I derive so much more pleasure out of reading about martial arts and learning about the deeper philosophy of things and applying that to my everyday life. I'm always thinking of the song of the Sip Sensei, you know, the, the 13 influences, where, you know, we talk about the idea that basically, you know, martial arts is about prolonging the span of the natural life. That's it. It's about coming into better communion between, if you like, the mind, the body, and the spirit being a better whole. And that's about the extent of it. And if you can kind of look at it like that, yeah, the punching, the kicking, the fun jump, spin kicks, they're too there. They're, they're in there and they're fun. Yeah. Um, but there's so much more uh, that you can work your way into. And that's kind of where I'm starting to try and plumb some of those depths, I guess. Nice. So how would you describe Tung Sudo to someone who has no idea what it is, never heard of it? Uh, your friend friend sees a, a picture of you or something or hears you talking about it and say, what is that exactly? How would you explain oh, how it many him? How many times have I had to go on through this or not? Don't <laughs> worry. I, I've got this in aced. Okay. Nice. So it's, it's either one of two. Again, when, when I say Connecticut College, I immediately, it's reflex, not UConn. Because everyone goes, oh, the Huskies. Nope, the Camels. Completely <laughs> different. Dromedaries, we. No, uh, I, I'll either say that the quick and dirty is, say, we're Taekwondo's sister. If they want more, I'll get back and, okay, post-World War II, you know, Korean Reconstruction, yada, yada. But the, perhaps the faster way is if you ever saw someone in a movie jump, spin, and kick someone in the head, that was probably us. There you go. It's a nice and simple way to do it. So. <laughs> Well, again, you would know it's 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 very old, but yeah, the name doesn't get around much. It, it certainly doesn't have the play, and there's there's no hate towards Taekwondo, but certainly that's usually the easiest. Now that it, it's big in the Olympics and, and 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 such, that's usually the the path of least resistance to someone who wants a a more serious answer. Yeah, with with karate coming in the Olympics now, it's going to be interesting to see how that changes. Well, I, <laughs> I I I love all of it. I yeah. I, I want us, the the more the merrier. I I hate that we have to like pick something. I, I get how it works and, and how one country at a time can add something. If it works well enough, it sticks. But 
um, yeah, I would love to see more kind of um, frontage, we might say, for martial arts in that sense. We have certainly a ton with BJJ and and a lot of mixed martial arts, and there's both good and bad that we can say from that. Yep. But I would like to see more of that other side of that coin, too. And it's not just because I'm like, oh, yeah, I used to be more fighting. No, 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 no. It's because if you're going to see something, you want to see all of it. That's why I'm, I'm actually excited that they're going to have um, Kata in in the Olympics. Yes. It'd, be, it'd be fun to see that because I, I haven't heard if it's – I need to do a little more research into it and see is it a specific type of karate? Is it just one style or is it just anything that's considered karate can go in there? So it'll be interesting to see some of the competitors and, and uh, what they look like. And hopefully hopefully one of the stations here will actually carry it. I know like the first year Taekwondo was in the Olympics, it was harder than hell to find a channel that actually showed it. I think I saw it like a week or two after it aired. I was able to find it somewhere. But <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, it's always making you know ESPN like F or G or H or whatever, ESPN yep. 22. Or ESPN 8, the Ocho. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> there we go. So now, Dodgeball. obviously, you know, Tung Sudo, now I know the, the school I started at back in 1984, Tung Sudo, that over the last, I would say, 15 or 20 years, they actually changed and switched from Tung Sudo to Subak Do. Has yep. any of those schools done that in your area, or are you still considered Tung Sudo, or is that? My home school is still Tung Sudo. It's Tung Sudo Amigo Kwan. Um, but I've seen the Subak Do. I remember years ago when I first looked into Subak Do and I was like, so what's the difference? And I got a lot of kind of mumbling. Yeah. <laughs> Not much difference. I still can't <laughs> say that I know the exact difference between Subak Do and, and Tungs Do. It's, there's another one too, um, uh, Huarong Do or something like that. That's like very, very, very similar, almost identical with just like a, the tiniest change of flavor. I remember years ago I was looking at it. Yeah, they are. It's you know, like like I've I've told people many times over the years, there's only so many ways you can kick and punch. <laughs> so <it's, laughs> but at the same time, you can take that that idea, and that, that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. And you can say there are only eight notes on a scale, for example, and look at what we can do. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's it's not just the individual items; it's what you do with them, and that's where it continues to evolve even today. And certainly, as we I would argue, as we get a better uh, a physiological understanding of the modern human being. Uh, we can certainly come up with, fortunately or unfortunately, new and devastating ways to hurt people if that's the portion of the martial arts you're looking for. It is martial arts. It's, it's military arts. That's and true. We're, we're, we're looking for a soft part of you. I'm a locker breaker. I'm not a big guy. I'm going to take a piece of you, and I might hang on to it. In our correspondence before we started this, you, you had mentioned that you actually try to incorporate martial arts into you know, some of your teaching and stuff at college. Like, talk a little bit about that and you know, kind of how you came up with the idea and some of the things you've done that way. Well, absolutely. Uh, you have to go with my one of the great mottos of my classes is Hollywood lies. Uh, I know, shocking to most people, but they're going to get a lot of things wrong. And I can still take a lot of what they're doing and getting wrong. And the everyday knowledge, I say to any student you know, who, who's with me, you're going to be like 20 years old. You have two decades of physical knowledge. You've been alive. Physics is nature. It's everything that's happening around you. You can't live two decades and not have the knowledge I'm looking for. And if we're going to start working through Newton's laws, for example, we start with Newton's first, an object in motion tends to stay in motion unless acted upon by an external force. And I say, okay, let's, let's see if we can understand this. And we can take that in a number of places. Uh, one of the greats I, I take for them is I'll show them images of people doing like breaking things with their heads. Uh, and then I'll show someone doing a really ridiculous break uh, where they're clearly doing it wrong and they're gonna hurt themselves incredibly badly. 
by having no form to slamming their fist into something. And we say, okay, let's 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 analyze what happened here. And we say, okay, we can see that someone went through a board and someone did not go through a board. So we apply that. Okay, an object in motion tends to stay in motion unless acted upon by an external force. I'm clear to point out to them that if you are going to, I, I, I can't stand the idea that, you know, ER scrubs, take, take whatever doctor show of your choice. Uh, the, the velocity of impact killed him. Hell no. No, 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 no. Or the force of the impact killed him. Nope, wrong again. Go again. No, accelerations. Accelerations are the only things that you really feel. And this is going to be a change in something. This is a, you can see this very easily by step on my hand, don't jump on my hand. Okay. You can have a car very slowly roll over your foot, but you wouldn't want me to drop that entire car onto your foot. These are two very different experiences. And so we can say, look, the person who goes through the object, their motion doesn't change. An object in motion tends to stay in motion, keep doing what it was doing, unless it meets an external force. And those external forces are what are going to hurt you. So if you don't slow down when you break something, it's the classic thing we say in martial arts, uh, when it all is done right, it should appear effortless. And that's physically correct. That's, that's right. Absolutely. And when you do it wrong, though, and you see this fist that is either going to crumple against something or even worse, bounce off of it, we go, okay, <laughs> that object was in motion. It might still be in motion, but its motion changed tremendously. Yes. And that means there was an enormous external force because it changes like that. It's going to change directions in a split second. That, say, a hammer fist or a punch is coming down. That's moving at a reasonable velocity, and it's going to change directions. That's a major acceleration. That's a lot of broken bones in your hand. Mm-hmm. And so, again, that's just the front example. We can start going with actions and reactions and stuff like that. Newton's third. It's, it's these ideas that we, I, I try to kind of impress into them and say, you have all this knowledge. I tend to say, look, the genius of Newton, and he was a freakishly smart individual, uh, was not noticing these things for the first time. Everyone knew these things somewhat intuitively. He was just the first to be able to put them in a sentence, to write them down in a simple way. Before that, you had people writing entire books that didn't even quite get to the point. But once you have these nice little succinct statements, you can then instantaneously apply that to martial arts and understand, ah, this is why circular motion does this. This is why we pull our arms in. That's conservation of angular momentum. Oh, if I move my arm like this, that's one moment of inertia. If I move my other arm like this, that's another moment of inertia. All of these things play in. Again, this is just kinesthesiology. Yeah, kinesthesiology. Sorry. (laughs) Moderate brain fart. Oh, there you go. So then when you do finally open your club at the school, are you going to use these lessons as recruiting tools, you think? (laughs) Oh, probably. I've always got a few students because they know that I do this who come and say, hey, can I train with you? No. I I constantly feel like the the, the old stories, you know, the kid shows up at the the foot of the Shaolin temple. Let let me train. No. (laughs) 30 days of asking later, you may sweep the floor. (laughs) You know, a year later, okay, I'll show you one block <laughs> and it's kind of like that it's like no okay i should probably like i said might be a good way to get your classroom cleaned you never know <laughs> <laughs> no no we have graduate students for that that's, that's easier the indentured servants of education nice i can say that i was one <laughs> <laughs> that's good so now the instructor you started with is that who you got most of your ranks through or did you switch instructors over the years and just stick within the same style for tongue um, yeah, I, I kind of primarily, geez, 
I mean, I worked through a number of people. It's more kind of like, okay, I, I would be told, we've given you just about all we have. We need to move you up the tree. And then I would get to the next group of people. And, okay, okay, we've given you about all we've had. Move you up the tree. Um, or I would just move off. And so I ended up having about six or seven people ultimately who were responsible for that third Don, I would say, if I went back and started tracing my martial arts genealogy. Okay. It's always a fun thing to do. At this point, though, I, man, because I've gotten around, as I said, <laughs> that would be an interesting <laughs> looking family tree. Yeah. So now you mentioned you, you, you're you a sampler and stuff. Now, when you open the club, will you sample that stuff to your students? Will you bring in other stuff that you learn with other styles and kind of, you know, make it so it's not just strictly Tung Sudo? Oh, absolutely. Very absolutely. Cool. I mean, you want it to be effective. Right. And again, one of the things I learned from Tung Sudo early on, they're very encouraging, at least the group I was with. You correct me if this is maybe perhaps mm-hmm. not your uh, situation. Uh, yeah. Uh, basically, once you're an Edon, they're like, yeah, 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 go out there. Have fun. Come back when you're done. It's not a big deal. Like, no, no biggie. We're not worried. You'll come back. It's cool. And they're very open to bringing back new ideas and you incorporating new ideas in. They want to keep the, the core philosophy, you know, the, the way it is and, and keep the core school as it is. But they don't have a problem. And I, my teachers uh, from the Grandmaster, uh, Charles Ferraro on down, uh, we're always bringing in things from different disciplines. And so certainly there, there's no uh, you know, trailblazing to be done there uh, on my part. But certainly anytime I see something that works, anytime that I see something that is good, uh, I'm going to be all over it. I, I tend to work with people of a lot of different body sizes. I said, I'm not a really big guy. I'm a mm-hmm. small, dense guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I am deceptively strong for my size, which has always kind of done well for me in martial arts. <laughs> I look small. It's great. It's good. Um, but, you know, if you're a smaller woman, the same techniques are not going to work perhaps even in the same ways as if you're just a big, burly guy. Right. I'm going to have to use different ideas for different people. And frequently, especially if you're working at colleges, I'm going to get a lot of women coming in who want to have a strong degree of self-defense. And I'm going to say to them, well, you're, you're going to get that along the way. I'm not just going to teach you a self-defense class. That's definitely not what I'm here for and not what I want to do. But you will absolutely, over time, learn how to defend yourself. And the methodologies that I'll teach you to do that will be highly effective. Right. Yeah. And I've never been a fan of like the, the one day self-defense seminars. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's a, it's okay for an intro, but you're not going to retain that. And doing something Paper for, tigers. yeah, doing, uh, I need to see that. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> oh, I, I just saw that. Oh. And I'm dying. To, uh, no, no, I, I saw the, um, the, the trailer or okay. whatever for it. Yep. And I, I, I wrote it down. No, no, no. It looks fantastic. Yes. Yeah, and it's... Two guys who are, ourselves who sound like we've been doing this for a long time <laughs> are probably taking vitamin I on the reg. I was like, oh, this sounds great. I, I saw the trailer to a couple weeks ago I, I need to see this movie that just looks hilarious and yeah and the fact that master ken's in it i mean <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that too so fantastic yeah no, no but i mean I, I i agree with you i i think it gives people an incredibly false sense of security yep. uh i i tend to joke with, with with people especially women like look guys make their junk to be way bigger than it is <laughs> like if you don't hit that thing square you've just taken something and risen it to an 11 yep like that situation just escalated but if you get it he is going to go down like a sack of rocks. Yep. The self-defense classes we've taught, we've always focused more on, you know, stomp the foot versus kick oh, the yeah. groin. You're going to have a oh, lot yeah. more success with that. And Absolutely. Way bigger target. <laughs> yep. 
Oh, definitely. <laughs> Take something that's there. Rake the shin. Break the knee. Yep. Jeez. Go for something that's squishy and available. Yeah. See, it sounds like you had a lot of similar background. I've been lucky. I've only had one instructor in all my years and 37 years of doing this that absolutely forbid me or tried to forbid me to train in another style. Every other instructor I've had has been completely open and encouraging, brought brought other styles into the school to teach us stuff and everything. And I, that, that one instructor, I, I've told this very many times, I kind of can him to um, John Kreese. <laughs> He's it, literally all he cared about was competition and winning yeah. and, and stuff yeah. like that and, and hurting people. And yeah, it was a very bad situation. I'm, I'm glad I <laughs> left him and found a much better instructor. But so yeah, it's, it's, I, you know, unfortunately, and it's, I think I, I was listening to some of the other podcasts that, as I said to you, and um, I think you were talking about this press might be the same. No, it couldn't be the same gentleman. You were talking about someone who had opened up a school and had like no training. They had, they had bought like the, the, the tapes yep. and were, were watching the tapes and then teaching the tapes. Yeah, it was absolutely, again, it's paper tigers. I, I always say, well, I'll, I'll print you a piece of paper. I'll write anything you want on it. Yep. It's, it's the old joke. What, what are belts good for? Keeping your pants up. Yep. That's about it. You, know, you choke someone out maybe in a pinch, but in general, no, I don't care what your belt says. I don't care what your rank is. I care what you have to show me. And I'm going to know that almost instantaneous. Right. I, I, I feel, I, I don't think this is a great back pat for myself you just at some point you can just look at someone and you'll go yeah okay you have something you know what you're talking about you understand this you, you've definitely been playing with this for an hour wow you're a goon okay cool moving on next that's right i know that's one thing kind of like you i, I love when people underestimate me that's <laughs> happened most of my life and stuff and they're like you do martial arts I'm like yeah yeah for almost 40 years <laughs> so yep. but, for me it's i think it's the youngest sibling syndrome <laughs> it's just keep keep your nose clean your head down it goes well for you but uh no i like it, it's good it, it's again um again someone else was saying it the other day i was i was nodding along going uh the best martial artist does not get in the fight. The best martial artist sees the fight coming and diffuses it or just removes themselves from it unless they have to be there. There you go. It's, it's they, I, I get that too. You know, like, oh, you're in martial arts. You're not like super aggressive. And you, I don't, I don't see that. And you're like, what well, part of martial arts has to be that way? That's true. That's true. <laughs> I have it every day in my life. I, 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 I talk to people and geez, just the other day, I was lifting a coop and trying to maneuver some stuff underneath. And I am, <laughs> how to even paint this picture? I mean, on one leg with one leg out, balancing myself out, holding myself up, playing with an arm. And I, I have no problem with this. I have my, I mastered my center a long time ago. And so keeping myself with a bunch of things going on centered and upright really is not a, a, a big deal nine times out of 10. And I wouldn't say, I was like, oh yes, we're going to learn this so that you can lift a coop on on the farm one day. This is what we're doing in class. I lift the coop, balance the body. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll have to go back and listen to, if you haven't yet, episode four of my podcast. That was actually my, I interviewed my first instructor, my Tung Sudo instructor from back in 1984. So you might you might enjoy that interview. It's like I said, it's, it's, it's all around you. It's a way of life. I had a friend recently injure himself, um, made an unfortunate step off of what he thought was a curb and it was a, a two foot mm. ledge oh. broke his leg big time and um he, he said to me oh there's nothing i could do and i was like mm, i didn't <laughs> want to argue with at the time he, he was in a lot of pain he's in the hospital he said to him one i i could teach you how to be aware in a lot of different ways there's a lot of different ways to see the world and you have to have, you know, not sound too archer, uh, you know, situational awareness yep. of what's happening around you. And he was doing the classic walking while looking at his phone. But even if we, even if we get rid of that entirely, 
the second he fell off that ledge, and I have definitely been in a number of situations where I've fallen, slipped, mm-hmm. been literally ejected out of something, and been like, okay, and we're tucking and we're rolling. Mm-hmm, Excellent. Yep. And it's instinct. It's pure instinct. There is no thought. Every time this has happened to me, I'm usually come out of it. Nine times I pop up and I'm like, oh, whoa. <laughs> okay. Didn't realize there was a test today, but that yeah. went well. Oh yeah. And it, it, it it's like that where I say to people, it, it's for life. It's all around you. You've got to, you, you, I can't tell you what it's for. It's the same with all education, with everything we learn. It, it will frequently show up in places you weren't expecting. And that instinct, like even if, you know, I've talked to people and actually I have a great example of a friend who had, had done martial arts for many years and he, he quit martial arts when he joined the military and, and moved away. And he was actually in a motorcycle crash in California. He hadn't been in martial arts in like five years, was thrown from the motorcycle and actually tucked and rolled yep. on, on the freeway in California and stood Ooh. up and walked away from it. Like a cop saw Ooh. this happen. And he was like, what happened? And he didn't even remember doing it. He's like, what? He's like, what do I do? He goes, you basically did a <laughs> somersault. And he's like, oh, probably in my martial arts training. <laughs> yeah. He didn't no, remember. I, he just I, did I it. I totally believe it. I totally believe it. It's the old, uh, what is it? Grandmaster Huang Ki says, if you want to master a technique, do it a thousand times a day for a thousand days. It's like uh, um, whomever, it was Malcolm Gladwell who says, you know, 10,000 hours to mastery or something like that. It, it's a lot of muscle memory. Uh, even now when people say, oh, do you know this technique? I go, oh, hang on. I'm just around Korean. I'm digging through my head. And my, <laughs> I, they move their arms and go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's just yep. like this. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Or same thing with forms. I'll just start, I'm like, do I remember this? I did the first three moves. And you just start falling into it. Like, Okay. Yep. Yep. There it is. I was actually just read, reading a book called 1000 Punches a Day. So <laughs> hey, one, one of my guests that I just interviewed a few weeks ago, I don't think that one's aired yet, but that one, uh, he's a stand-up comedian and motivational speaker, and he wrote a book called 1000 Punches a Day. So it's kind of a funny that you mentioned that, but so far a really good book. But it's, it's, it's a funny thing is it's not really about martial arts. I mean, it is, but it's not. It's more about like business and just how to get in habits of doing things. So Sure, but, but it's all those same ideas. Exactly. What we were literally just talking about with yep. martial arts. Again, perseverance, discipline. You know, how to approach things. Don't, you know, if you fall down, pick yourself up. It's got to be a better way. There is a way. There's always a way. Someone approaches you and they just want advice either for themselves or maybe for a child. They're thinking about getting involved in martial arts. What kind of tips do you give them to what to look for in a school, what to look for in an instructor? that's That's a tricky one. Well, I'd first want to know, you know, what are you expecting out of it for your for your child? Again, I, I, I know some some results, you know, can't answers I've heard before. I want them to be able to defend themselves. Uh, it looks good on a college application. I've heard, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's that's unique, but it's actually not. I don't know. I, I, I say, look, a lot of the same things I've been saying to you. It is something that you're going to do for life. You can't do a lot of things for life. Let me maybe rip, riff back on Tang Shido being that mixture of a lot of Chinese and Japanese influences. And I, as I'm about to say this, I want to be very clear, no burn at all on any Japanese or Chinese influences whatsoever as I'm about to walk into this. But a lot of Japanese schools tend to be on that harder end of thing. And we're making very hard movements. We're making very hard strikes, very hard blocks. And again, can be incredibly useful, can be incredibly efficient. No knock here. But I can tell you as someone who's born with arthritis, ow, Hmm. um, (laughs) my joints are not so thrilled with a lot of those things that even in early Tung Sto, where a lot of it is more heavily Japanese focused with that harder focus. um, Yeah, it it works better when you're young and I can throw you against a wall and you bounce right off of it. You throw me against a wall, something might break these days. 
Uh, and I, I want that more Chinese flowing influence where it's a lot softer and I can still keep that with me. Again, someone I was listening to was talking about Tai Chi with you. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of people have this, I, I don't know how you can have this thought process, but oh, it's just slow stretching motions. I'm like, if they can move their leg that high, that slow, do you really think they can't do it faster? That is true. <laughs> like, Take a moment, friend, and think this one through a little bit. It's, I, I would say, them, look, you want to find, if you're trying to give something to your child, give them something that is for life. It's like reading. Yes, teach your child to read so that they can read for the rest of their lives. I don't care if it's comic books or technical manuals, but so they can learn, so that they can grow, and they can enjoy themselves. If you're going to go into the martial arts, it should be for the exact same reason. This can be a sport. This can be an art. This can be a way of defending yourself. This can be a way of thinking. This can be a way of acting. It's so many things. I don't like putting a box very simply around it. And so I would try and say to them, you know, if your child doesn't like it, don't say, oh, martial arts isn't for you, but maybe that school wasn't for them. Maybe the focus was, again, too tournament-based. Maybe it wasn't tournament-based enough. Kids like belts. Kids like stripes on their belts. Kids like going to tournaments and getting trophies. I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. I'm not going to knock that stuff. If that's what you're into, great. I would say not particularly my cup of tea, but there's no hate there. There's no shade there because that might be an avenue to a career later on or a a path later on for these individuals. Maybe they take some time off or maybe they stay with it to find an art that gives them what they're ultimately looking for or helps them to grow into what it is that they're ultimately looking for. Or maybe that that first place was it, but it's, it's all about growth to me. Growth, growth, growth. It's not some static thing. And I, I wouldn't say like, you know, baseball is a static thing or football is a static thing, but I don't, I don't see that evolving in the same way. I don't see it staying with you your whole life in quite the same way. You can't be 80 in my mind and kind of keep playing football in quite the way we can be 80 and keep doing martial arts. Again, I'm not going to do jump spinning kicks. I'm thinking that's going to be off the table, but the martial arts will absolutely be there until the bitter end. One of my masters, you said this gentleman who was in a motorcycle accident, one of my masters, Sabinam Lear, many years ago, Bill Lear, great guy, still going, was in a horrific uh, motorcycle accident, really did a number on him. He was in the full turtle shell and he was in the hospital for a while. Wow. And he was kind of, you know, as, as he was just coming back, uh, he's moving his hands, he's moving his toes a little bit, he's kind of doing stuff. And they asked some of his friends, what's he doing? They went, forms. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> and he, was, he was slowly bringing himself back. <laughs> and that was one of those learning moments for me pretty early on. All right, okay, this, this has some talent. This has some, some use. Uh, some potential later in life and things I wouldn't be seeing. Uh, and, and yeah, Bill is now able to do uh, Sabin and Blair. I can't even say, I started saying Bill, my God, Sabin and Blair. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's, he's uh, thank goodness, he, he's back to himself as best I know, never really suffered any super long-term impacts wow. uh, and got back into it. I can imagine someone who had not been in the martial arts, maybe fatal, maybe just would have left them in, in far worse shape. Right. So as a traditional martial artist, your background, you know, primarily in traditional martial arts, what are your thoughts on, on MMA, the UFC, and kind of you know, how that's changed and influenced martial arts over the last 25 years? Like everything. There's, there's good and bad and ugly. Um, it's great that there's a lot of publicity. It's great that we have a lot of schools opening and we have more exposure to the martial arts. I am 
all about it. It's just like I would say, exposure to music, great. What kind of music? All of it. <laughs> there, there's nothing that is going to annoy. And again, unless you've got someone peddling garbage. Okay, right. sure. Yeah, you know, we we don't need no music. <laughs> <laughs> No music of the martial arts world, but otherwise, I would say we're probably in, in fair game here. Again, it, it can be a little hyper aggressive on the front end, and I don't think it is that, but that can be the perception because that, in many ways, is how it's sold. Right. Again, you had uh, the gentleman on, the nicest guy in the UFC. I, I, we both have so many friends who who are martial artists. I'm sure. <laughs> yep. I have some of them who are dickheads, mm-hmm. and I have some of them who are the nicest people in the world who will throw you over or throw a wall. <laughs> I, they're, they're, you can't put people or an art or or something like that in a box. It just doesn't work like that. And you know, fortunately, unfortunately, that's kind of where you know MMA is the front end, and we're looking at UFC and stuff like that. Because again, it's it's the real public facing front. That's where if you say to someone, you know, where would you see MMA? I, I would expect UFC would be the answer. Or right. What martial arts are you going to see on TV? MMA on UFC. Great, and lots of BJJ because it was highly successful early on. Yep. But then people started realizing if you're and I'm not about to call Hoist Gracie a one trick pony. Don't please no hate mail. Uh, <laughs> if you are a one trick pony, which Hoist Gracie is not, um, yeah, it, it could work for a while, but eventually someone is gonna get around, you know, Superfoot Wallace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you've got one move, you better really be really great at that move. But you're seeing people that are going to train in this thing and that thing and other thing because they say, I can get this, which is awesome from this, and this, which is awesome from this, and this, which is effective from this. And the training styles are changing up. They're incorporating more of gymnastics and ballet and things like this just to get better balance and to find better ways to stretch and move and have better mind-muscle connections and things like this. I, it's great. All of it's great. Are you a fan? Do you watch it? I have definitely watched some. I, I would be a liar if I said I watched it frequently. Mm-hmm. If it is on in front of me, if I see a good fight in front of me, I am definitely going to watch. And when I say a good fight, I mean I, I want some real skill right. in the ring. That will grab my attention. It's unfortunately a moth to the flame. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it for this long. Ooh, that was a nice move. Okay. That is true. <laughs> you, you kind of just start getting into it, and, and that's great. And, again, that's where I say it's it, it's super um, I, I can easily, it, it's easy to take pot shots at anything. It's easy to punch down. And I think I hear and see a lot of that. And I'm quick to say, yeah, I, I can see that perspective, followed by a giant button, a long explanation. There's other things there as well. Right. As I said before, I wish, kind of going back to the Olympics a bit, that there was more exposure there of kind of the other side. I think you can see. Who is it? It's not Revlon or Paul, whatever his name does, who does a lot of those big competitions. Paul uh, Mitchell? Or, yeah, 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 again, it, it gets to a point of flash where I'm, uh, it's a natural progression of things. It's, it's all good, because again, you, you can't do a lot of that flashy stuff unless you are really, truly talented. But there's still something to be said about the old school, and I, I definitely sound like a dinosaur. I am definitely a traditionalist these days. But I, I can still recognize a lot of this new something. That's awesome. I like playing around with the new ideas too. Right. But I, I, I will always say to people at this point, I'm a martial artist. As I said earlier on, I don't. I, I used to find so much joy in the ring. It's always funny for me because I'll come out of it after I do get pulled in and go. I know <laughs> why I stopped, but I know why I started too. <laughs> That's right. It's almost like falling off the wagon and going, nope, back on. 
I never did ask you, did you ever do tournaments? Were you a competitor? Did you enjoy that part of it? Nothing that was terribly organized. I did a lot of small tournaments here and there, and then I would just start doing small things on the side where people were getting together for giant brawl fest, basically. (laughs) I don't want to say, like, underground fighting, but underground fighting. Um, (laughs) Let's remember the first rule. (laughs) That's right. You'll notice I did not say anything. There we go. So over your 25 years in the martial arts, what are some of your favorite philosophies you've learned? The exposed nail gets hammered in. Nice. Every single time. Uh, with all of my students, I'm always, again, going back to the tongue, the shinjuk, tension and relaxation. Uh, a classic moment from one of my masters early on. Looks at me, Doug, we paid the air bill. You can breathe. <laughs> I struggled with that for a long time. Yeah. I'll look at both martial arts students and my physics students. I'm like, you're not breathing. Your face is turning chartreuse. You're not helping. But you got you to gotta relax, <laughs> tension and relaxation. I, there, there's so much. I mean, so many quotes I, I can whip out. All paths up the mountain lead to the same silver moon. I, I use that one all the time. Uh, again, it's a perfect uh, statement for this conversation. I don't care how you start martial arts or why you start martial arts. I just want you to. And I want you to get to wherever it is that you want to go with that. And that's going to be an evolving goal. There's no right place or wrong place and there's no good place or well there are bad places but <laughs> <laughs> true like i said the muzak yes there's always there's always gonna be a few you gotta avoid those but yeah so do you have a favorite martial arts book i know you mentioned you love to read yeah um i i kind of knew this was coming i stopped i sat down i was like oh god because i hate <laughs> it when people ask me what my favorite book is because i can turn and look at the library that i own and go yeah. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm the same. I got about a hundred martial arts books. I'm like, Ugh. oh my goodness, there there's just so many. I mean, just for simplicity, I, I would probably probably either say um I really like hurting the ox. So much philosophy there. Great Japanese philosophy. Or, you know, just anything that's gonna be incorporating the idea of scholar warrior. I've got several books called Scholar Warrior. Okay. Um, because again, it goes back to kind of what i said in the beginning that, that kind of joking but somewhat true of so many stories we're told of these great japanese martial artists they go through their lives make a lot of mistakes drink a lot spread everything and then they start studying and teaching mm-hmm. and i think martial arts is kind of like boy scouts perhaps is for a lot of people it's there to round you out um i come from a farming background which is why for me farming is pretty okay and easy. I don't mind all the hard work and the labor, but we've gotten away from a point in society where a lot of people have real exercise in their lives. Certainly a lot of people can get out there and have access to that. But even in this last year, if we take away team sports from people, they're suddenly kind of out on the limb. And while martial arts is awesome in teams, nothing like a room filled with people, great energy, doing stuff together, learning in unison or on their own, awesome but you can do it on your own too and you can do it anywhere anytime sobbing lear in his hospital bed you nice nice no i'm assuming you knew this one was coming to final <laughs> final two-part question favorite oh martial arts tv show and favorite martial arts movie Jeez, I mean, for the TV show, that's that that's that's hard. I mean, they're there's they're obviously low-hanging fruit. They're so easy. I could go with Kung Fu. Um, I, I could go with Green Hornet. Grew up on all the old classics. 
Um, so I don't know. Do we call a Green Hornet a, a martial arts film? Bruce Lee or, or show Bruce, Bruce Lee was there. So yeah, he was in it. It's martial arts. So yeah, it's good enough for me. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would say I like a lot of modern stuff because I got to be careful with that. I like some modern stuff because we're getting back to a lot of the traditional stuff. Again, loved the old Hong Kong films where we knew you were getting the crap knocked out of it. These people were getting kicked straight up in the head really hard nine times out of ten and so the technique was there versus a lot of yeah that punch had about five miles between your hand and that person's face that you saw in a lot of like 80s and 90s american movies and even in the aughts where it's just the choreography just wasn't there it's all fly by wire stuff but i think now much like i i argue hollywood's putting in the time and the effort on trying to make science films fairly good in terms of science they know that if we want fly-by-wire and Matrix, you know, we might go to the Marvel Universe or something like that. But if you're going to give us, you know, a martial arts film, give me, give me Ong Bak, give me, you know, Ip Man, give me something where it's like, okay, there's definitely some fly-by-wire here. There's definitely got to be some stunt stuff that we're throwing in. But a lot of it is going to be some fairly good martial arts. And that vanished for a while. Uh, and a lot of, especially the American movies growing up. But again, no, other people were talking about Karate Kid. That was certainly a starting point for a guy to go for a movie. I have not mm-hmm. seen Cobra Kai. Really? I kind of, I, I, I sound like such a hipster when I say this, but <laughs> I'm still going to say it anyways. I'm such, I love movies. I love film. And I love, I love television. And I cannot stand cliffhangers. I just <laughs> want to choke someone out um, because like, why, why are you doing this? So in general, where I can, especially if there's going to be a story, especially one that's going to be strong through the seasons, I want to, it's not even to binge it, honestly. I just want to be able to watch it all at once where I don't have to hold on for, you know, eight months, you know, didn't eat, who didn't eat and kill? I don't know. Stuff like that. I just, I don't know. I'm past it because maybe I don't have enough time where, I have to be on top of stuff anymore and it can be in spits and bursts, but I really just kind of want to consume entire things at once. I mean, this is the same reason I haven't started like Game of Thrones in terms of the book series because, you know, George R.R. R. Martin is going to die before he finishes his last book <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, the end of the world, Ragnarok, whichever one comes first. Yeah. See, and me, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm such a movie and TV buff and I, I hate cliffhangers too, but I just, I have to watch it. I can't, I couldn't wait that long. I mean, knowing it's there, I started watching Cobra Kai when it was on YouTube red and I, I probably rewatched the first season three times before the release of season two. And then I rewatched them both again before they released season three. And I can't wait for season four. <laughs> so, I'm um, really excited. Cause I heard, and, and even right now I'm, I'm hearing the same thing. Great things, great yeah. things. And I, I'm all about, it. even when I first started, I went back, I watched the first movie. I watched the second movie. Mm-hmm. I went third ones with Hillary Swank. I was like, Oh, there's Nahanji. Awesome. <laughs> I didn't notice that another time. Uh, it's like, wow, they're actually doing a real, uh korean form yep. in there pretty badly but yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, there you go hillary swank you, you mulled through it good enough good enough oh pat moreno we miss you yes right. if you've never seen any of his comedy by the way he's hilarious oh i love his old stand-up from like the, he uh, is oh, yes. hilarious especially the old stuff stuff that probably some of it might not swing today but it's like, oh my God, that guy was so self-deprecating and so funny. And it's just hilarious for me to look back to him. And, but he was funny in The Cry Kid, but even when he's being serious, yeah. as an adult now, I more look at him as the comedian, which he really was. 
it's just so weird to see him trying to be serious at times. Oh, I mean, because my, my first memory of him was Happy Days. <laughs> so it's like to see him, it's like, that's the dude from Happy Days playing Mr. Miyagi. I mean, was, right. yeah. when I was 10, I probably didn't get that. But yeah, you know, a few years later, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the same guy. That's kind of funny. But yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he was in all kinds of movies where he was definitely not playing you know, a straight man. Uh, he, he was there for, for jokes and laughs because he was great at it. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I know you mentioned like some of the you know, the TV series to it. Like me, I'm, I want to, I'll search out the obscure ones that had like maybe lasted one season and didn't do well, but I just, anything martial arts, I'll, I'll give it a shot. You know, if it, <laughs> it, it ends up being horrible, I mean, never watch it again. I mean, I have a lot of, uh, a couple shells full of martial arts DVDs that I've watched one time. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, no. But I, they were, I'm, I'm they the were cheap. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm, no I, I literally have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of movies that I've slowly clicked over the years. I started, I, I worked in a movie store. What's that, kids? Nice. Way back in the day. And so I was able to get a lot of things kind of on the cheap as they're moving through the excess stuff. And, yep, some get more play, some get less play. But I will always go back to the old stuff. I'm a, I'm a junkie for the old stuff. And, you know, sometimes I can get my significant other into it, but other times not. I just, I, I have a list still of uh, some of the films I really need to get around to uh, when I've got a few minutes. Growing up, unfortunately, time kind of starts to slip away from you a little bit. Yeah, I know. My wife never never got into a lot of martial arts movies with her. I've, tr- I've tried a few, and some of them, I mean, she was watched like The Karate Kid and stuff, but I've tried to get her to watch like 36 Chamber of the Shaolin and the thing, and no interest. <laughs> Things with like subtitles, yeah, I think, would bore her. And uh, there's a phenomenal movie I actually think she'd love called Fighter in the Wind, if you haven't seen that one. Uh, it's, it's, that it's, one. it's actually the, the, the story of Masoyama, but oh, yeah. told from the Korean point of view because he was born in Korea. Uh, so it's, it's about him and stuff and his, it's like a love story and a you know, martial arts story and stuff. But it's a, I, I can't remember where I found the DVD. I found it online like 15 years ago and ordered it. And it's, it's uh, Now it's missing. I borrowed it to someone years ago and never got it back. So I need to try to find another copy of it. But you might enjoy that one. If you, if you, if you like you know random martial arts movies like I do, you'd probably really enjoy that. And, and as a martial artist, you know who Masuyama is and kind of his background and stuff. So you'd probably appreciate that movie. Absolutely. No, I was actually trying to think of some of the ones I've recently tried to get M into. And I, was, I was like, there's several Musashi films that I just absolutely love. Um, as, she's like, how many are there? I'm like, six. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, and we have to watch them all. I'm like, we just watched Gettysburg. Hey, there you go. <laughs> See, I've got my, my teenage daughter now. I go back and watch a lot of 80s movies with her and stuff. And I've got, she she loves the Karate Kid. She actually loves Cobra Kai, but I got her to watch like, you know, Best of the Best and, and movies like that. And <laughs> Only the Strong and just some oh of those. My God. Yeah. And she loves them. So she, you know, she's got. That's great. Yeah. She's got my love for movies, but she, I forgot. How is she? She's four, she'll be 15 in August. So, okay. yeah, okay, cool. I forgot what we were, what we were talking about. We were watching something and she's like, Hey, he's, he, that guy's from that best of the best movie. <laughs> <I'm> like, yes, <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> so yeah, that's always cool when you get that, get the, I mean, and of course all my kids are martial artists too. I mean, my kids started when they were five and, and she's the only one who's still doing it right now, but her older brothers kind of gave it up when they got involved in too many other things, unfortunately, but hopefully they'll like some, they'll come back to it when they're a little older and realize how much they miss it so we will see oh, it goes back to exactly what we were just talking about and i yep. said to my significant other uh, if and when we have children i will be teaching them pretty much from the beginning yep. that is non-negotiable <laughs> and if they want to veer away later in life and they can make those kinds of decisions that's fine because i will have planted the seed and they will have the knowledge that i need them to have and if they want to come back to it later on it's like riding a bike exactly it's not a problem 
I, my oldest, I think, has talked about it, and I think he's afraid. It doesn't matter that you've been out for six or seven years. Trust me, you did it for yeah. you did it for eight years. <laughs> it's it's in your head. It will come back to you. Absolutely. They don't no, believe it, me. Your that. muscles will just, it, it, it comes back. Uh, every time I've had to stop for injury or this, that, yeah. or anything, my muscles just come right back. The, the, my flexibility comes right back. Everything, it just snaps into place. Yep. It's, and I've seen this with person to person to person. I mean, people who come back 30 years later and they're suddenly, it, it takes a little, you know, WD 40 to get the, you know, the rust off. But once, once the gears start moving, it's kind of hilarious. They start just like going, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Yeah, when we when we started having kids, I think I took uh, four or five years off initially, and it was the same thing. I was terrified to come back. I mean, told me, you know, should I come back at, at a white belt? He's like, it's that's uh, up to you. He said, you earned that belt. He said it'll take you a while to get back to where you are, and it was like a good six seven months. I was back to where I was. I'm glad I didn't start over as a white belt because that would have sucked. So <laughs> I've done that in other styles. Obviously, if I, if I join a new style, I always start over as a white belt, but. But uh, to my, you know, my core style, I'm glad I decided not to do that. And I know people have died. I got a friend who has started over at a white belt in the same style, I think, three different times and started over and come back, started over and come back. And now he's a third degree black belt. But uh, every time he's like, one time he's only gone for like a year and a half. I'm like, why are you starting over? He's like, it's okay. And he, he, got, he went through it pretty quick, obviously, but still. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's what you said. I, I, whenever I go anywhere, I'm very open. I tell them here, here's my history. It's like, here, here's my curriculum vitae. <laughs> you know, here's my resume. But I say, you know, I'll put on the white belt, whatever you want. It's all good. And, you know, just put me and teach me wherever you want and however you want. Uh, I agree though. I, I'd want to maintain where I am in tongues, the Amiga Kwan. I'd be a little sad, I think, yeah. if I had to start all the way back at the beginning, but not supremely. So there's no loss because it's, it's a belt. Right, and I, I could take those you know certificates down and put them away, and then pick them back up and put them on the wall later on. But it doesn't change the past. True. Um, no, it's there, and it will always be there. I'm definitely going to be organizing my martial arts much more in the coming year. It's funny, a pandemic will change things for you. <laughs> yes, Who would have thought? Uh, I've been, even as an educator and a researcher, I've been kind of making some adjustments there, and I, I think. As I said, I, I believe I said earlier, it's kind of given me a bit of a push to, yeah, I think I want to have some students again. I'm not certain it will immediately start as a club because that might mean I have to kind of take everybody. I might just take some select students right. so I can train up a few people to a point where I'm okay with that and then move on. And I do know there are some other faculty who do martial arts so I could just uh, tag along with them. There's Very a few cool. local places nearby. So we will, we'll see. It's That's like, right. I've, it's, if I put it on my agenda, which means now that it's on it, it will get done. Yeah. That's <laughs> funny. You, you know, you mentioned the pandemic. That's the whole reason I started the podcast. I had had this idea. Initially, this was an idea for a radio show back in the mid nineties when I was working in radio and I could never get a station to take it. And then I started thinking about podcasts like five, six years ago. And finally I'm like, you know, I have a lot more free time now. And <laughs> So yeah, happened. It, it worked out. It worked out. It was also, you, you mentioned, uh, jokingly, you kind of mentioned, you know, just showing your resume. And I was going to mention, when you mentioned this earlier about, you know, putting it on a college application, I've always put my martial arts on my resumes when applying for jobs. And it's, it's, it's always brought up in the interview. <laughs> a few people said that. He's like, that helped. And I, I, my son, I've told him that. He's like, yeah, but I haven't done it. It doesn't matter. You okay. did it for eight years. It shows dedication to something for a very, you, were, you know, got to third degree junior black belt. It shows a dedication. That's something that, I mean, I mean to me, I'll, I'll look at, you know, when I, when I was in management, I'd look at people's resumes. And if I saw someone who was like a, a second or third degree black belt, I would, me personally, I'd, I'd be more impressed by that 
than a college degree a lot of times, depending on the job, because it's like, yeah, college degree, you can get that in two, three, four years. To get to a third degree black belt, you've been doing that quite a long time. <laughs> that's a, yeah. that's oh, very absolutely. much dedication. That's physically, that's mentally, that's everything. So, Even in a degree mill, yep. getting to a second or third, it's going to take you a while at exactly. some level True. of commitment. I, I look at you know things like Boy Scouts, martial arts, military service. These all speak to kind of levels of commitment. I'm, I'm totes with you. I mean, you absolutely, your son needs to put that on his resumes. 100%. Well, like you said, it, it, it can be a conversation starter. Yep. And as I so frequently say to students, you all look basically the same and you have to stand out somehow. Exactly. And that is definitely one way to do it. Until I get my one of my dreams to come true, which is a, a national martial arts program that we're teaching to all the kids in all the schools, uh, which would have so many positive oh. benefits that I could expound upon I... forever. And choose your style. I don't care. That's not the point. <laughs> yep, something. That's the point. And that's that's uh, the thing. I've I've had that idea too for twenty years, but that's, that's the thing. Is that then everyone's going to be arguing over what style, what style, what style. And it's yeah. like it doesn't matter as long as the instructor is qualified and the, yep. and the style teaches the right proper things and the right philosophies and everything like that it needs to and i actually I tried to get it happening in a, in a local school here years ago and and had the assistant principals on my side but the school board said no they were afraid of insurance and people getting hurts and i know i know chuck norris back in the 80s and 90s had a program in texas that was in like 100 schools and showed amazing success I, i'm not sure why it didn't grow further and take off and i know a lot of it's just the instructors and making sure they're certified properly and, and knowing what they're doing in the curriculum and stuff. So, I mean, I see the challenges, but I still think it's possible. <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunate, uh, especially for a lot of young men who have a lot of issues to get out and it, to give them a good, healthy place to, okay. Yeah. You can throw some punches at each other, put some equipment on you so we don't kill each other. <laughs> exactly. 100%. So, and then we'll do it in a, a referee manner. We'll be fine. We'll be good. Cool. Well, Doug, I just want to thank you. This has been a lot of fun, man. It's, it's always fun to talk to people with, with kind of some similar backgrounds and similar interests and everything. And I, I enjoyed this a lot and, and can't wait till the episode airs, hopefully in a, let's see, what is it now? It's in July. So hopefully within the next one or two months, I'll have this aired, get it edited and ready to go. I got about six more ahead of you right now, I think. So not, not bad. When I first started this, I actually had 25 done before I launched the show because I wanted to be prepared. <laughs> so there you go. So some of those people had to wait. I mean, there were some I, I interviewed last summer, and it didn't air until you know March or April. So now I'm oh, not, no not quite as far behind. But I will definitely get a hold of you when it airs, and I, I truly, truly appreciate it. No, this has been great. It's, it's always fun to talk about this stuff. I, I think you know we met through a friend who um, I met in martial arts while kind of moving around, and it's you know again goes to what we were just talking about. When you are a martial artist, it's one of those nice things that it's an easy and when you can find another martial artist, there's always stuff to talk about. Exactly. I can do this for hours and hours and hours. And I usually do. So <laughs> good, good, good. Cool. Well, once again, appreciate it. And thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Have a wonderful night. Thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist. We hope you will join us every week for a brand new episode with a different martial artist telling their story. If you enjoy the show, be sure to leave us a review. Also, be sure to check out our website at everydaymartialartist.com. There you can find all of our episodes and contact us to suggest guests and ask questions. Again, thanks for listening to Everyday Martial Artist, and we'll see you next week.